Technology.ie, it's Monday, February 8th, 2015. Technology.ie is brought to you by Ireland's premier hosting and domain registration company, Black Knight. Black Knight offer a comprehensive range of hosting and domain solutions for businesses of all shapes and sizes, no matter where they are in the world. This is Conor Mwinichon. I'm in the office of Black Knight CEO, Michele Nealon. Hi, Michele. We've just done another podcast, Michele, but it's a Black Knight podcast rather than a technology.ie one. And we'll mention it briefly because we're celebrating the launch of a new product. People yes. can go and read about it on the yes. Black Knight site or on technology.ie. Uh, briefly, it's called Site Backup and it's all your prayers and uh, it answer, desires. It does, everything. It, it does it, everything. it does everything. It'll practically wake you up in the morning and make you have a cup of coffee. Actually, no, it won't. Okay. But it's cheaper to, to buy our site backup than it is to buy a cup of coffee. All right. Well, people can find out more. And we've done a, a detailed uh, 10, 15 minute long podcast in relation to that, answering all your questions about that as well. Uh, we're also going to talk about the Black Knight SME Awards just a week to go, Michele, until uh, the uh, nominations close for that. And it's free to enter. Uh, but let's talk about some of the other news uh, this week. And let's talk about our friends, uh, first of all, in the Irish Internet Association, Michele. Uh, they are doing a survey of Irish businesses and SMEs. Why? Well, what we're trying to do is find out about what people are doing. And so it's all around e-commerce to kind of help people to, to get a better grip on us. And we hear these statistics again and again in a recent survey that uh, is it something like 40% of SMEs don't even have a website in Ireland. Could it really be that high in this day and age? Oh, totally. But the thing, the thing about, that st- about that statistic is it's not just an Irish number. It, that, that number is the same if you look at the UK, you look at the US, uh, you look at um, Turkey, where I was a, a couple of weeks back. The numbers are pretty much the same in most countries. Now, a lot of, the, a lot of these surveys do go on and start to go on, talking about e-commerce and you know, the percentage of websites that don't, uh, that don't have any payment facility or can't, can't handle transactions. Personally, I don't think that's an, um, a particularly useful metric because, you know, there's a lot of websites, there's a lot of businesses where processing payments and processing orders online would be totally pointless. Having information online, incredibly useful. Like, take, for example, a barber shop. You know, I want to get a haircut when I'm visiting town or city X. Where do I go? I'm not going to book it online. I'm not going to buy anything online. But I need to know how the hell do I find it and what time it's open. And, you know, having some idea of how much it's going to cost me to get my hair cut. You know, these are, these are kind of, this is an example that I think is a practical one. Or say, for example, the butcher around the corner. That there's a fantastic butcher down the road from our offices here in Carlow. And, you know, the, I find out about their special offers via their Facebook page. And I've been trying to get them to set up a website. But, you know, the problem, again, is, you know, for a lot of these small businesses, it's finding the time, being able to say, right, well, you know, I'm already working 80 hours a week. When am I going to find the time to set up set up, up, up that website? But you're making a very good point there, Michaela, which is that not all businesses are the same. They don't all have the same kind of online needs, which is why the Irish Internet Association is doing research uh, to find out what the different kinds of needs are. And uh, they have a goal here of developing a diagnostic tool which will actually um, help businesses find out what kind of online solution is best for them. Yeah, well, I just hope that, that whatever comes out the far end of this isn't being driven by the misinformed or by the biased. Because there's a problem with a lot of these surveys and a lot of these other kind of studies is 
They're more often than not than not they're either commissioned or sponsored by entities who are completely self-serving. And I mean, you know, I admit look, we we sponsor various yeah. different things all the time, and I I will freely admit when they are pretty much self-serving for us as well. It's just you know the the issue I see a lot of the time with the advice that small businesses are getting is that many of the times what you're what they're being told is either slightly warped or not as honest and clear as it could be. Like, very few people are turning around to some of these companies and these businesses saying, no, no, your idea is terrible, no, you don't need that, you know, keep it simple, or whatever. You know, this, they're being told constantly, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that, why aren't you doing, why aren't you doing social media, why aren't you doing these other things? Mm-hmm. Rather than sitting down and going, right, what kind of resources do you have? You know, does it make sense for your type of business to be selling online, does it make sense? Is it more important for your business to have a, a map on your website just so people can get there? Because I mean, this is this is the key thing. I mean, depending on the business model, you know, in some cases you want the person to come to your premises. In other cases, you want them to email you. And in other cases, you want them on the phone. It's you know, there's there's a lot of different ways of doing things. There is no one size fits, fits all. No, for SMEs. no, 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 not at all. So I think you know, there's another one which, of course, I, which I mentioned to you there earlier, Carl. That's very interesting. Yeah, Damien Molly is is doing some research into a, a particular feature of SMEs. Yeah, and so this one, it's the survey is for spouses, partners, and other halves of of SMEs. Or sorry, owners of SMEs, beg yeah. your pardon. And you know, I had a look at this to myself, and I immediately thought, "Wow, <laughs> there's a reason why I don't have a spouse or a better half, and, yeah. and it's because of this." Not Molly, sorry. Yeah. Don't blame, blame poor Damien for that. But in, so, but, the, but in other cases, you have people who are who are uh, long-suffering. Is, is a, I know it's an overused kind of a phrase to describe people, but you do have people who are partners of of uh, entrepreneurs, and uh, they have a particular insight. Molly wants to tap into that and see what they're. Yeah, uh, because their I mean, the, you know the thing is, this is you know you t- you know if you if you own a, or own a business, run a business, you don't get to work nine to five. Mm. You really don't. I mean, you might be you might be able to to kind of push for being in the office from nine to five, only work only kind of doing you know focused work during certain hours. But the reality is that you normally end up where you're you know you're you're going to get pulled into things outside that time, and that's fine. And you know, it, it's not really an issue. But at the same time. It can have an Im- interesting impact on those around you. So the kind of so the questions he's asking there, things like you know, how many hours does your partner work in the business per week? Uh, has your partner missed family events because of the business? Um, you know, on family events extending out, you know, birthdays, anniversaries, Valentine's Day. When when did you last go on a proper holiday? How do you think you'd be spending Valentine's Day? That's a great question. And you know. I think this is an interesting one. I mean, it's not a, it's not about a negative story. It's about because one of the things with the with the Black Knight SME Awards, which you know, this ties into, yeah. is we're lo- we're looking at and trying to highlight the hard work of small businesses. So, you know, forget about these bloody multinationals who are, who are set up over here and have absolutely no loyalty or ties to the country. What about the Irish companies built on the blood and sweat of Irish people? Sorry, it is the that's, it is the centenary of nineteen. Inspiring, Michele, and you know there has been an election called. Are you thinking perhaps of uh, uh, running on that that platform? 
I'm not thinking about running on any platform. <laughs> but what I have, what I did, I did actually tweet out this morning about, you know, what do any of the, do any of these political candidates have anything to say about some of this stuff? Yeah. Because what what we've seen repeatedly with the last few governments, and this is going back, doesn't matter which party it is, doesn't matter, Labour, Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil, pretty much all of them, they've all been completely enamoured with the big multinationals and with that three-letter dirty word, FDI, mm. Foreign Direct Investment. And if, you don't, and if, you're, if you're not a big multinational and you're not driving FDI, they don't really care. You know, you look at, you look at what's available there for, for, for small Irish businesses. Very little. A ton of bureaucracy, a ton of red tape, a ton of obstacles, but actual practical things that to make it easier for a, for a, a, an indigenous Irish small business to flourish and to thrive. Very little there. Actually, talking about um, uh, foreign direct investment and things like that, uh, of course, a classic story of the 1980s was uh, John DeLorean's investment in Belfast to build uh, his famous cars, uh, which would probably, that would have been the end of the story, except they made a movie uh, with Michael J. Fox that featured the car and the car got a, a cachet of cool, I think. Oh, come on. Look, the DeLorean was cool before. It was cool. And it was cool was before it? Back to the Future. Yeah. The only thing is, is that the, De- we, the DeLorean wouldn't be part of, of popular culture if it hadn't been for Back to the Future. I mean, it wouldn't have had the same kind of hook into into popular culture. Now, both of us are old enough that we remember the DeLorean and we remember the how you know the, the company went bust. I'm I'm not, I'm a couple of years younger than you now. In fairness, in so fairness. so I don't remember it maybe as well as you do, but I do remember it. Yeah. So you know, you kind of grew up, but I I remember seeing. A DeLorean in a barn in um, in out in Cork, out somewhere near Blarney, mm. like back in I just I mean it must be in the late eighties sometime, mm. and it was cool. It was it needed a lot of work, but it was cool. And so, so there's a guy uh, who is he's not so much going into production, uh, producing new ones, but he's he's producing refurbished ones. Is that it? But he's he set well, up a factory in the states. Well, okay. So what happened really is is that um, a DeLorean went went belly up mm. back in the early eighties, and I think I think they went completely bankrupt. So a new DeLorean company was set up a few years ago, and those guys um, bought up pretty much all the assets that were left. So it's all the all the parts, all the accessories, uh, plans, patents, designs, and even some of the equipment that they'd used to make the parts and everything else. And they they what they've been doing for the last few years is. Um, Providing spare parts and providing um, refurb, uh, restoration services, and selling um, original DeLoreans. Now, the problem that, that that they had was that the way the U.S. legislation is set up at the moment, um, well, sorry, was set up until very, very recently, there was no difference between a company that was going to produce one or two cars a month versus a company that was doing mass production. So the the so that made it very very hard for a small car producer to to you know get get anything out. Um they've recently changed the legislation over there and now they now they have created a a legal way for much smaller car manufacturers to legally produce cars. So 
what this means is that there'll be new DeLoreans, which will hopefully go into, will be rolling out in 2017. Um, they'll have the same body, they'll have the same look and feel as the, as the classic DeLorean, but they'll have um, brand new engines, they'll have um, a much a much more up-to-date um, audio, system, audio system. Um I mean, the original had, like, you know, cassette tape. Uh, okay. Who wants a 1980s uh, in-car entertainment system? I'm sure there are some people <laughs> out there who do. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I take the Goldwing doors. I would, you can I keep wouldn't, the radio. I yeah. wouldn't want, want to, wouldn't want one. Yeah. So, th- so they're updating that. They're updating a lot of the other bits and pieces on the interior. But you know, the, essentially, what you'll get is you'll get a 1980s style DeLorean. Mm. With a few, a few of the of the two thousand, the twenty, a few of the twenty first century features, it won't meet. It's, there are certain things around the standards which they have to meet and everything else. But so it'll be, it'll be closer to being a twenty first century car, but with still all the quirks and everything of the nineteen eight early nineteen eighties. 80s one and all for less than the price of a cup of coffee. Oh no, wait, that's, no, that's side back up. No, this no, no, no. this 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 is, this is going to cost um, a pretty penny. Yeah, um, you're talking a hundred thousand dollars a pop, maybe okay. maybe more, which is, you know, not exactly the most affordable of options. Mm. Like if you were looking at say a Tesla, mm. a Tesla would be would be cheaper. Okay, right now, Tesla versus. DeLorean yeah. <laughs> decisions first world problems <laughs> well okay actually here, well actually it's not it's actually it's actually quite yeah. simple but you're not into cars really I couldn't, right? give, a damn, I couldn't yeah, give a damn yeah. about cars yeah but the thing is this at least with the DeLorean you can you can go and you can get petrol for the damn thing the problem with the with the Teslas are there are no charging stations in this country that's not true for Teslas I had a look at the map last night. There aren't any. Yeah. There are charging stations for electric cars. Oh, really? And the Tesla no, has, a, has a special charging I station, doesn't it? I don't yeah. know if they're compatible. Yeah. I know there are a few Teslas in Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that there's stuff going on about bringing more Teslas in. Listeners, let us know. Write in or leave a comment on the blog at technology.ie. Uh, we don't know about Teslas, but we're interested. They're, I, they're Teslas are cool. Yeah. Teslas got, are very cool. I, got a, a, I had the privilege of test driving a Nissan Leaf uh, for a radio show I was making about five years ago, Michele. And that's really, in the early days, the first Nissan leaves arriving in Ireland. We um, have one downstairs. Yeah, who has it? Um, Alan has one. Oh, has he? Yeah, excellent. It's silent, which yeah. freaks me out. I mean, I, I wish that the, in the case of his of his electric car, the fact that it is so silent, mm. I see as being an actual danger because you wouldn't hear the car if you were walking. Mm. Mm. You wouldn't hear it. You the, the first don't thing, they make a noise or something in in uh, in in no. going at a low speed no. or something? No, 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 I don't think so. It's completely silent. Yeah. Yeah. Which to me is a really, really bad idea, because you could you could literally hit somebody, kill them, and the, you know the first they'd hear oh. about it would be the, would be them hitting the ground. I know you could get a guy to walk in front of it with a red flag, maybe. And uh, now you're confusing things. No, I probably am without a doubt. But I was saying I got a lift in a um, a, a taxi in a, a Nissan Leaf taxi in Dublin, uh, which is apparently one of only about half a dozen electric taxis uh, operating in Dublin um, uh, last year, and it was interesting just uh, from that point of view. I had an interesting chat with the driver as well about that uh, Facebook was 12 yesterday Michele and uh, you know we all went kind of a ho-hum really I suppose in a way well, they had, we, they had yeah. that thing with the, the Friends Day yeah. thing which was kind of cute I mean I didn't publish my, my video because I kind of looked at it and went eh. 
I didn't make I, my video. But yeah. Well, no, it's there. Yeah. It, they've they've done it for you. I, I couldn't find the link for it. I saw it when I went in first, and I had other things to do. And yeah, yeah it's 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 kind of cute. I mean, I saw a few of my friends had, yeah. who posted theirs. Um, but I mean, you know, the thing about Facebook is, okay, you can there's there's a few things that are, are that you could say that are negative about it. But you know, they they produced some research or somebody produced some research there where because they've got so many users, they're now able to map the connection between. Um, between people very very accurately, which is which is kind of scary in some respects. Um, One point five billion users. Yeah, and that's not counting Snapchat and uh, no, uh, or sorry, WhatsApp, Instagram, and, and Messenger, yeah, no, I mean, etc. The, the, yeah. the thing is, I mean, like say with WhatsApp, for example, um, you know, if you see on my computer there, there's the WhatsApp web app. Yeah, is is a tab that's open. Yeah. Um, over over the last year. I've had a WhatsApp account for several years, but over the last year, I've found that more and more of 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 my friends and and industry colleagues are using it as a way to yeah. to kind of organise um, things. So, if you want, say, for example, you're all going to an event together, and you want to say coordinate, right? Let's meet up for a beer later. You have a WhatsApp group chat. Yeah. Never mind email. I mean, email, email, yeah. email. For, you know, for some of these things, is becoming less and less used. Uh, we'll put a link as well. Uh, we posted a nice infographic that was done by uh, a man whose name escapes me at the moment, but uh, he's a video production company in Dublin, and they put this together to commemorate Facebook's 12 years. Uh, we posted it, some other sites posted it and, and published it as well. Um, interesting thing that was highlighted on uh, was, I thought I wanted to mention there, Michaela, was internet.org. I don't know if you've been following that. It's another one of yeah, uh, Mark Zuckerberg's, how would you say, philanthropic uh, innovations. But um, it's actually not really bringing the internet to the third world. No, it's, bringing, it's bringing Facebook. It's bringing an internet. Yes, and that's and that's something which has mess with mixed reactions. Yeah. So okay, here's the thing. I mean, we've mentioned this many times in the past. Outside of the quote unquote first world, mobile is massive. Mm. I mean, it's massive in the first world as well. Don't get me wrong. Mm. But in terms of being like the primary means of connecting to the internet uh, mobile is huge in 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 parts of the developing world so what you know this entire thing around what facebook's been doing there you know depending on which side of the fence you fall on you can say well okay they you know they're getting ac- an ac- they're getting access to stuff they didn't have access to previously uh, so that's probably a good thing um, but there's been a lot of criticism about what they're getting because of wall garden and all that i look i wouldn't want to get to, you could get bogged down in it well, it's, what people have said very simply, to sum it up in a nutshell, Michele, sure, by all means, provide a wall gar- garden or a limited selection or an internet, uh, but don't call it internet.org if you're going to do that because it ain't the internet. Well, that's true. I'd, I'd agree with that. I mean, I think that's... That's a that's a fair criticism. Now, last week on the podcast, Michele, we mentioned uh, the safe harbour uh, provisions, uh, mm. which, of course, had been struck down by the European Court of Justice uh, recently. Uh, you explained the concerns of companies uh, like Black Knight and others, uh, registrars and registries and, and other types of companies as well, uh, for whom this is a, a concern. And this week you've gone so far as to blog about it as an agreement has been reached, but uh, there are still question marks and concerns uh, as to whether or not that would prove to be acceptable. Yeah, so the the European Commission has, make, has been making a big hoo-ha in the last few days around this um, this new agreement that they've reached, and they're they're trying to paint it and push it as if it is the you know the solution to the safe harbour problem. The thing is, though, it hasn't really been tested yet. 
you know, to it's it's something like if if Article Twenty Nine, if if you know the civil rights groups and the others who've been advocating um, for digital rights, privacy, and all that. Um, come along and say yes you know we've gone through this we see this as being workable we see this as being acceptable then i'd feel a lot more comfortable but what i've seen today's has been a lot of people questioning how well this will work or not work and like i wrote about it the the day that the the new agreement was announced um so did the guardian and a couple of other places in the last few days the number of articles that have come out from you know, people who spend you know spend a lot of time looking at this stuff has grown and, cre- and grown uh, dramatically, and that there's a lot of questions that are that remain to be answered. So I suppose the thing is, you know, from our perspective, has have things improved? We really don't know. I mean, we we like for us as an Irish company, we're keeping an eye on what the Irish um, data protection authorities are, are saying, if anything, but we're also keeping an eye on what the other European data protection authorities are saying. So I'd say for now, hang tough. Let's wait and see. But I, but it's not. I I wouldn't see this as being over. I'd say this is just another chapter in a and quite a long story. Also this week, uh, the IE Domain Registry, IEDR or .ie as it's known to to the man in the street, if you like, uh, published uh, their latest uh, sales figures, registration figures. There's been an increase in uh, in .ie domain registrations, uh, which is fair enough and well and good, Michele. But you've blogged uh, today on that subject and you've said, well, actually, that's OK, but it could be more. There could be more .ie registrations. And uh, why aren't there? Yeah, well, this is the thing. I mean, look, it's great that there's that the numbers have increased. It's great that there that you're that you see, um, like pre- almost a hundred hundred registrations per day. But the question is that has that isn't addressed is why is that number so low? I mean, if you go if you read through all the the stuff that they put out, and they put out other stuff in the past as well. You know, they've looked at comparing the number of of domain registrations. Um, per capita and all that um, across multiple re- regions across Europe and different countries, etc., etc. And, you know, you've got you know stuff that's been put out there in the media in the last 24 hours um, kind of lamenting the low take-up. But nobody's asking the, the question of them, you know, why do you think there's a low take-up? Mm. What is causing there to be a low take-up? Is it because Irish businesses aren't interested in the internet? Is it because Irish businesses aren't registering domain names? Or is it that, is it because the rules and procedures and everything around .ie domain names mm. are an obstacle to growth? Now, Black Knight is the largest registrar of .ie domain names in the world. So we would have some idea of what, what, what .ie registrants are asking us for. We're, we are very conscious of, what, of, of the kind of obstacles that they run into on a day-to-day basis. So from our perspective, I think, and I think other registrars would agree with us, you know, the, the obstacles there, sure, things have got better over the last 10-plus years, but it's still far too complicated to register a .ie. If you if 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 you were setting up a business in the morning, Con, and you came to me and you said which domain to name to register, I'd be doing you a disservice if I was to recommend it. 
or if I insisted on it, you'd say, fine, here's a .com. Or, you you know, if, if you insist on a .ie, well, first you've got to go and register a business, a register business name or a company name or something well, like that. The, well, no, you do, it's, not so much, it's not so much the fact that you just go off and register a business yeah. name, because there are ways around that. Yeah. It's more to do with the fact that it's not straightforward. Yeah. No, I... That, that, I, that's, yeah. I mean, the, the thing is this, okay. because if you say you have to register a business name, right. you're say, well, no, actually, you don't. Okay. You can do this, you can do that. So if I could play de- devil's advocate, the idea aren't here in the room with us, Michaela. I'm, I'm just going to say uh, they might argue... Or they might say, fair enough, Michele, we take your point. Uh, I'm sure you've had these discussions with them in the past. They might say, okay, but, um, you know, the .ie registry uh, is run in a different way for particular reasons. I mean, you and I, Michele, have just, we've just had a chat just before we started recording. We've just had a chat about the uh, intricacies, for example, of um, getting a new passport or registering a passport. Or if you're, a, if you're getting a passport for kids, you have to bring both parents and birth certs and ID and all that kind of thing along. And could I suggest, perhaps, that the IE domain registry would say, well... You know, there's a certain uh, validation involved. There's a certain uh, authentication involved in verifying that you are a person who's entitled to use a particular uh, .ie domain name for particular reasons. And they might say to you, uh, just as a passport is is recognised uh, as better proof of ID, for example, than um, a piece of paper you might scribble on the back of an envelope, they might say to you, well... People value that increased uh, authenticity of a .ie domain name, and this is why it's tricky. That's what they say. It's a pity this is vi- this is audio and not video, <laughs> because uh, audio quite quite can't quite catch the the look, the incredulous look of disbelief and general disgust that I've just aimed in your general direction. Okay, no, well, hold on a second, right? There are um, hundreds of uh, top level domains out there, McKinley, mm. right? So. Um, and the vast majority of them, you can you can register a domain name very easily without any. Yeah, but kind here's of, here's, of the, here's the thing. Yeah. Nobody cares. You know the 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 thing is this is you mm. take your average small business. Mm. They don't understand the internet. Mm. They don't understand the technologies. They find the the technical jargon and everything else very confusing, and they find it and they find a lot of these things alienate them. The entire internet industry um, is is seen by them to be a strange beast. So what they're looking for is a quick and easy way to get their business online, mm. to get an online presence for their business. And that's why, for many of them, they're taking the easiest route. Mm. It doesn't matter to them whether or not um, a .ie domain name has extra validation or not. Because as far as they're concerned, they can go along to our website or to that of a competitor and they can get a .com or a .irish mm. or a .biz or a .eu or any one of these other domain names out that's out there. They can get that just by paying us. You find a domain that you like. Mm. You buy you buy your hosting package or whatever, but that's what I'm that's saying. It. It's 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 different strokes for different folks, Michaela. It's different choice yeah, but, for different. But you can't. But here's the thing, Con. Yeah. You can't complain about the uptake if if you're trying to do a kind of a premium product. It's a bit like, say, with, you know, certain, you take, mm. say, for example, okay, the, the largest airline in Europe, apparently, mm. is Ryanair. Why are they the largest air, airline in Europe? Because they have a simple service. It's not complicated. Mm. You get from point A to point B, 
and you pay money for for that. You as the passenger, if you're if you want to get from point A to point B, and apparently millions of people are quite happy to do this, you go to Ryanair, you pay them the money, and you get from point A to point B. Um, and even Ryanair now have a business a business package mm. for people who are kind of going well. You know, I'd like to be able to choose a seat and, and, you know, various other things. Now, you know, the value proposition that some domain extensions try to offer, it might work in a very refined niche. Mm. So, for example, earlier today, I was looking at um, the the details for the dot insurance TLD, right? So it's aimed at companies that are involved in the insurance business, could be insurers, could be their brokers, could be you know any number of things there. And there's an entire validation process around that because they're going to market the entire thing in a specific way and you'll pay a premium for that. So the entire thing is going to be based around this entire premium proposition. But if you're but that but we're talking here about in the case of .ie yeah. about the the domain name for Ireland as they or yeah. whatever way they want to put it. So so let's say okay, Michele, um it's it's a two letter country code uh, top level domain is what .ie is. Yes. Is there another example out there that you believe that .ie should perhaps be following? Is there another country whose example they should be following? Is there another top level domain uh, that would be perhaps? In your opinion, a better um, a better uh, approach for .ie. Which one would you like me to choose? There's so many. .eu. Mm. .eu works very well. Simple enough uh, restriction. You have to have an address within the European Economic Area, right. and done. That's it. That is the only restriction. Real time registration. No, no complicated, no complicated policies. Um, registrate everything about it it's very 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 simple and it works well we've blogged about it you've blogged about it we've just done a podcast about it and I'm sure Michele that it's nothing they've never heard from you before oh no no it's like, <laughs> there's nothing new there whatsoever Okay, uh, t- talking about things that are uh, distinctly Irish, uh, you've blogged about Sir Sharon and making a cup of tea, uh, Michele. Uh, if, I, if I could just pause for a second and just say from my point of view, uh, hello, I'm... You know, it's great. She's lovely. She's apparently a wonderful actress, although I'm, I must admit, I don't think I've seen her in anything just yet. Brooklyn is supposed to be fantastic and, mm. and worthy of all of the honours. You're, confu- you're confused as to why I'm blogging about, about Saoirse Ronan. Not really, no, but, it, but I am. But you're blogging, and I know why you're blogging, because it is an internet phenomenon, and it is a, an entertainment phenomenon that has uh, come Carlo up phenomenon. in the last... And it's a Carlo phenomenon. Of course it's a Carlo phenomenon. That's right, Don't of forget, we She's, are based in Carlo. That's right, and Saoirse Ronan is from Carlo. But here's the thing, Michele. Uh, it, it, there's she definitely oh, something she can't make tea I know no I actually didn't watch it to the oh, end well, no. well, yeah. the, 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 she's making a cup of tea I mean she's making a pot of tea <laughs> now I mean it's on stage on, 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 on a stage yeah. of sorts yeah um, now, the, the, the videos is quite amusing because um you okay. know, she, she goes to she goes to to look at the milk and discovers a hair in it, and just kind of and without without losing losing her breath or anything, mm. just goes well. I think the hair is optional, and just keeps going, which okay. is which is which is what you have to do. Okay, it's the latest in a series of videos. Uh, videos. Yeah, well, the, Stephen the American, Colbert. Look, the Americans are are fascinated. They by are, her. Yeah, okay. They're well, fascinated by her, and they've been completely won over by her charm. Mm, mm. So the thing is, this okay. If you're if if you're Irish and you have an Irish accent. And you go to America, if you go to the US, um, you will discover that there is 
a very large portion of mm. the US public that love the Irish accent. Well, as you pointed out, Michele, um, I'm, no, I'm no spring chicken and I've been around long enough to notice that about every five years or so, uh, this happens. So they discover Colin Farrell, they discover Liam Neeson, they discover yeah, they, they Saoirse Ronan, whoever thing. it is. They and they go thing. through, oh my God, Irish people, they're so cute. They love, they love the Irish. They love the Irish accent. <laughs> the fact that Saoirse Ronan's name is really, really hard for most of them to pronounce... Mm or spell, has also triggered an entire kind of thing, um, which has been quite entertaining to watch. Uh, what, but the thing about it as well is is that Saoirse Ronan, who does, hasn't really done social media, as far as I can tell, mm. um, she's just run with it, and she's totally embraced it. Now, I don't know whether that's, that's a case of she's got very smart people behind her saying, mm. okay, this, this is going to work well for you, or it's something coming from her personally. I don't know. I have no idea. But it's working. You know, this thing where she, she's running with it. She's going, right, okay, none of you can pronounce my bloody name. You can't pronounce most of these Irish names. I'm going to use this. Yeah. I'm going to use this, and we're going to have a bit of fun with it. And Brand Sersha is going to grow, and it's been growing at a massive rate over the last couple of months. And, and I guess I see it. I see the attraction from an American point of view. I suppose what I'm saying, Michele, is that I could just walk out the door here in Carlo and meet any number of charming Irish men and women uh, on the street here. So, in a way, you know, you'd, well, you'd be inclined to say, no, no, you see, no, but this, no, you see, you're. You're completely missing. I am. You're completely missing what is, what is the celebrity thing. You don't. Yes. You've missed that. I mean, the reality no, is. But it's about her Irishness as much as her celebrity, is it not? It's a mixture. It's a okay. combination of that. It's. Mm. It's the. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things you can say there. You know, she's she's got a wonderfully a wonderfully thick Irish accent. Mm. Actually, and there's been controversy about that as well, and some people have been saying that's not a Carlo accent, that's a Dublin accent. Some people it have is, been it isn't, but the, and and the people have been posting uh, videos yes. of her from years ago when she sounded yeah, but, quite but, different. Yeah, but here's the thing: it's working. We're talking about her, <laughs> yeah. all right? Okay. So no, so I rest my case. I mean, the the thing, no, the thing about it is, is like, look, she's. If you, I actually was, I went looking this morning for a photo of her to use with mm. that blog post, and. We have access to some legal stock images. And, you know, the ones I look, I went in, and it's like there were ones going back, you know, four or five years. So when she was still a teenager. And, you know, she has matured, obviously, but she still looked quite mature even as, as a teen. I mean, she's only, what, 21, 22? She's still really, really, really young, which is awesome. It means that unless, unless she has some kind of implosion she has a really long career ahead of her and she's doing really well and I think it's great so stop being such a grouchy old I don't know what I could think of various words to put in there but again we don't do expletives Let's wrap it up, Michele. Uh, we'll give another plug for the SME Awards because uh, that's uh, that's Closing another way 14th. that we're... Closing, Closing on the 14th, 14th, of, 14th of, uh, of February, Valentine's Day. Nominations are 100% free. If you're not in, you can't win. Just do it. Hashtag love SMEs. Thanks, Michele. Thanks, Gone.